Race matters. 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 like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on unceded Gadigal land. This land has been in the hands of generations of Gadigal custodians for thousands of years before us and it will continue to be in their hands long after us. It's a meeting place for sharing knowledge, stories and song and we are privileged to be a part of that storytelling here today and every day at FBI Radio. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders past and present. We are broadcasting live from Redfern right now, the birthplace of black theatre in this country country and a site for resistance and resilience for First Nations people. Welcome to Race Matters. This is a show hosted by people of colour, speaking with people of colour about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. I'm Sada Khan, and over the last two weeks, the world has been shook up by the Black Lives Matter movement. Black, Indigenous and people of colour the world over are utilising this movement to draw attention to larger systems at play and those complicit to ongoing systemic racism. Ziggy Ramo has also added strength to this movement by dropping his latest album, Black Black Thoughts. It's a piece of art that articulates the history, frustration, pain, beauty and stoicism of black peoples and what we want for our next generation of black excellence. We'll be yarning up with Ziggy very shortly, so keep it locked and stay tuned. You're listening to Race Matters. I'm joined by rapper Ziggy Ramo. He's just dropped his latest album, Black Thoughts. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. You're yeah. our first guest as well after COVID. I mean, they usually say like best to last, but maybe in this case, best <laughs> best in first. Best in first, <laughs> I agree. So Black Thoughts, man, what a necessary piece of literature that we need right now, not just because of Black Lives Matter and how it's going to be recognised um, globally amongst black and brown communities, but it also just cuts straight through all the nuance and is unapologetically black. And crafting something like that, it obviously takes a lot of vulnerability and a huge creative process. So what comes after putting pen to paper with this kind of energy? Like, how do you... Look after yourself after such a huge creative output. That's such a good question. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for asking such an insightful question. Um, honestly, so like I finished making this album like four or five years ago. So in a way, I've had like such healing time like with the record. So I guess like I'm not so much in it in that space. But honestly, it, it, it was like I was in such a vulnerable space uh, when I was creating it, because I think like the landscape is really important. Like uh, in 2015, like Tony Abbott was uh, closing mm. uh, remote Indigenous communities. Uh, the death of Elijah uh, in Perth in 2016. Like there was so much going on, and I was in like a really dark space. And for me, I just wanted to kind of get down all my thoughts uh, around like what was going on and. Honestly, like the creative process was so simple because these are things I've been thinking about my whole life. Like these are just stories. It's like if, if someone asked you to write down what you did today, 
like that would be so easy. Yeah. So for me, like all these songs are just stories I've been thinking about my whole life. So the actual creative process was so simple because I think like art is expression and, yeah. and I was just expressing myself. Uh, so really it was like quite a therapeutic kind of process. Mm. It is such a um, powerful tool when you can put pen to paper like that because it's also like your space and it's your truth and no one can really challenge you on that. Um, when it came to releasing it now, how was how, wh- what was your thinking process releasing it now? Was it more just like stuff it, I'm doing it or was there a bit of precaution to it? Literally, like two weeks ago, I was going to be putting out another song, like completely separate to this. Um, It was like a song that I really loved, um, but it just like, when like May 25th happened, like with George Floyd, and then this movement started happening across the world where I think race and race relations came to like the forefront of the global consciousness, uh, I just really felt disconnected from that song that mm. I was going to be putting out. And, and I just felt like that's not how I want to use my voice. Like it felt like steps in the other direction, like from the conversation that I felt like we needed to have. Like, And as like Australia became like more involved in the conversation, like to me, that was amazing, but it was also quite confusing because I felt like we weren't holding ourselves accountable. Like we were very much projecting and pointing a finger mm. at what was going on in America, but at the same time, we weren't even aware of what our, like what's going on in our own backyard. You know, like you have our prime minister who has apparently never uh, read a history book. <laughs> um, so like, you know, like five years ago when I wrote this, like for me, like these stories, like I thought that was like common knowledge in a way. Like I knew it wasn't, but it's just what I'd known my whole life. Mm. And like the more people I spoke to, the more I realized like we have no uh, real understanding of, of what's happened. Like we've only learned one side of our history. Um, so when this all started happening, you know, five years ago when I wanted to put this out, like I just didn't feel like we were in a place to hear and I was in like mm. a really dark space where I didn't think I was going to be alive. Like, so for me, it was kind of like, I just wanted to get my thoughts down and whenever people are ready to hear, it's going to come out. And then it was just a surreal moment. Like I, I just felt like I just knew it was time. It was like, you know, like these songs are relevant today, even mm. though they were written five years ago. Unfortunately, they're probably going to be relevant in five years from now. Like the truth is, this is a long game. There's no easy fix to this. Like, we have a long process of unlearning to do. But I just thought, like, the sooner this learning resource is out there, like, the more lives it can impact. So for me, it wasn't so much about, like, putting together, like, this album strategy or this or that. It was, like, I just need to get it out as soon as possible so people can just hear it. And it's something that you need to sit with. Like, it's not... This album isn't giving you answers, it's asking questions. Mm. So, like, the longer people can sit with it and ask themselves questions and, and reflect on that, that's why I was just, like... It needs to be out. Yeah. And it is such a learning resource and it massively shifts the narratives. And one of the songs that I felt really did that was Empire. Because for me, when I was listening to Empire, I was like, wow, he's really taking that rhetoric that's used to describe um, nations in Europe. And we get taught about in school, like we're so conditioned to recognise Rome and Greek civilizations as like places of greatness, even though they went through like tremendous downfalls. Um, And for us in the system here, like it used and it still uses like really simplistic 
words to describe are like incredibly sophisticated, um, layered and diverse and resilient history and people. So when you take that word empire and apply it to us, it is kind of that like reclamation. So is that something you're kind of thinking of, of as well when you're writing these tracks of like reclaiming shifts in that narrative? A hundred percent, because like if we look at like colonization and like the forces, like colonial forces, the first things they did was remove language. Mm. And for us as uh, an oral culture, like preserving knowledge was primarily through language and, and sharing language and song lines and stories. So for us, like the fact that we speak English, like that's our oppressor's tongue, right? Mm. So me making music in English is actually like a really interesting thing that's happening. So I wanted to use like our oppressors tool against them. Yeah. So like using English to dismantle the system that oppresses us. Mm. So for me, like language is, is such a powerful thing and the language and rhetoric that has been shared about our culture is just wrong. Like it's just not it's just not accurate. Like, sure, it's one perception, but it's not. Th- it's not the whole truth. Like, it's it's leaving out so much. So for me, like, using like language and like our oppressors' tool to like actually share our side of the narrative, like, was so important. And like, on secondary, I say, uh, whenever we'll let you tell them that we're secondary, we survived a genocide, we legendary, mm. and like that to me is like so important. And and same with like empire, like you come from an empire, so just hold your head high. Like that, you know, like because we're taught like this internalized shame, like that we should be ashamed of who we're from. We were labeled a dying race. Literally protectionist policies to protect us was to try and eradicate us, Mm. you know, like, but we're here. So it's like if we have this much excellence, this much beauty, this much resilience, like imagine what's going to happen when we have a fair opportunity when we have space to actually exist and thrive within our culture and that's that's why i say an empire like we survive now we thrive like i don't want survival i want i want us to thrive mm, yeah that's right and not only does this type of music that you make like it challenges the system but it also celebrates black peoples and one of your tracks it's not i didn't see it on this album but i love it so much pretty boy yeah like <laughs> That's a whole other level, whole other layer, because it challenges gender norms. And it's so important, especially for our young black boys, because Pretty Boy, like, it disrupts these conventions placed upon our men and um, pushes them to feel their, their beauty and their vulnerability. What, what triggered that track? Because I've never felt beautiful as a black man in Australia, mm. like, ever, you know? And... Uh, where that comes from obviously is an internal place but you learn that internal dialogue as you grow up right like you are taught shame and you're taught like we have these eurocentric standards of beauty that as black and brown people we're never going to measure up to and so like for me as someone who struggled with body dysmorphia who struggled with bulimia like i've had those real life experiences Mm. that we never talk about like as men because we don't have access to that vulnerability to be able to communicate our emotions and for me i thought it was so important for like not only like young black men but just like as young black people period in this country like to be able to to say that we're beautiful like because we are the most beautiful people like that's not anti-white like that's pro-black because we don't have enough pro-black voices in this country period we don't have enough of it in this world so like a song like pretty boy for me was like 
it, it, again, it's just like, I just like to disrupt. Like, I just like to ask why. Like, you know, like, why are these standards of beauty? Like, why are we trying to measure to that? Mm. Like, why aren't we all beautiful? You yeah. know, like, and it's, it's, it's just like, for me, I just want to, I'm never like going to ask, like, I'm never going to tell people what to think. Like, I'm just going to ask them to think, you know, like, I just want to ask people why, because like, I never want people to like take what I say as fact, like challenge me. Like, mm. you know, you should be able to challenge me. Like, otherwise, like that's not learning, like that's following. So like for me, like a song like Pretty Boy, like I've like I've always felt fluid like within my gender, but I've never felt like it's something that I have to put a name to or anything mm. because it's just like, I'm just me. Like, yeah. and we should be comfortable within who we are. So I think like claiming who you are and like being comfortable in that is such a powerful tool, especially when for your whole life, like mm. you felt forces of oppression. Yeah. And it is so true. All of that like unapologetic tone, it rings true in every single track. And we're going to cut to one right now. The one we were just talking about before. This is Empire. We're chatting with Ziggy Ramo. You're listening to Race Matters. It's just crazy to me to think that, you know, we have the oldest, oldest people in the whole world and it's not something we're proud of. On the ever, no ain't nothing new. We got nothing to prove. Fifty thousand years of proof. We do what it do. And the you who choose to move our artifacts, fuck it, I'm bringing it back. Yeah, I'm proud to be black. Proud of the fact we the oldest people on the map. And they try to move our history. How fucked up is that? Whites rewrite white lies in the hope the globe don't realize it's a privilege to have our ties. We an empire, so just hold your head high. We survive, now we thrive. We got nothing to hide. It's black pride. Black lives build this country, we got black ties So just know that you come from a long line Empire, empire, we an empire, empire, empire We an empire, Rome is falling, Babylon too Aboriginal still here, that's true We an empire, empire, we an empire, empire, empire We an empire, Rome is falling, Babylon too But Aboriginal still here, that's true Scared of me is scary Educated black man, I'm a visionary We rarely vary when they cherry Pick out itinerary On the contrary, it's very necessary To answer arbitrary Questions that they bury In the hopes that they can still carry On this very hysteria Hysteria, I got them throwing Hail Marys But beware, we gon' be singing Swing low, sweet chariot I will never stop till we reclaim Our top spot, what I plot Got these enemies on the trot, they order Ride for what they got, trying to pull up a re- 
revenge ain't my mascot See, we've been through it all From the summer to the fall But no matter what, we always stand tall We always stand tall You stand for something or nothing at all We an empire So just hold your head high We survive, now we thrive We got nothing to hide It's black pride, black lives Built this country, we got black ties So just know that you come from a long line My name is Sada Khan, and we're joined by rapper Ziggy Ramo, spitting all the good business, the business that everybody needs to hear. Now, speaking about that, you've been using Instagram a lot lately to have this kind of conversation about race and racism. And over the last few weeks, you've shared a few deeply racist comments and messages that you've received, calling them teachable moments and um Choosing whether to prove people spouting harmful, uninformed opinions as fact wrong, especially when there's no shortage of that at the moment, can really feel like a balancing act at some time. So how are you approaching this at the moment and how do you decide what to engage with? Oh, what a question. Again, <laughs> commend you on your journalism skills. Oh, stop it. Evidently. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's so hard, right? There's no... There's no correct way for advocacy. There's so many lanes. There's so many uh, different needs of, of voices in different spaces. So I think the, the main thing that I would say to anyone out there, that there's no right way. So like if I do something one way, that doesn't mean it's the only way. Um, I think it's just understanding who you are um, and like what, like what your capacity uh, for advocating for changes. And so for me, like words, that's my thing, you know, like that's music, that's words, like words has always been my thing. Um, and I don't know, I feel like I'm a relatively patient person. I mean, well, we're relatively patient people. We've been waiting for our land for 230 years. <laughs> True so, God. Uh, we are the most <laughs> patient people, period. Um, but yeah, I think it's just for me, it's like trying to find a balance between not like just taking it um but also just coming at it calm because like at the end of the day like i do want people to learn like it's not Mm. just saying like oh i hate you i hate this i hate that it's like i want people to learn so it's just trying to like again ask people why like raising like why do you think that um because i know why i think what i think and there's a lot of research to back that up it's not opinion like Mm. we often uh, we have the privilege of an opinion. Like, an opinion is a privilege, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's grounded in fact. Um, so I think, like, when I engage with people, it, it's just trying to to have a dialogue. Because as I said, like, end of the day, like, I could be wrong. Like, I'm not saying what I'm saying is right, but it's like, let's have a conversation about it. Because um, I'm more interested at, like, trying to facilitate thinking than like giving an answer because I can't police people. I'm not going to be with them every day of their life. I'm not going to be there when you hear a subtle racist comment in your work space and 
you decide to let it go. I'm not going to be there to be able to be like, that wasn't cool. Like, do you know what I mean? So I think when things happen on Instagram, like if I see an opportunity to be able to have a conversation with someone and share that with people, like it might just pose questions because I'm more interested in like trying to get people to understand why they care. Like, why do you care about what's happening? Mm. Again, I know why I care, but like, have we all thought deeply enough about why do black lives matter? Like, why does that matter to us? Like, why does that matter to you? Mm. Um, because I can't answer that for anyone, yeah. you know? And until we all answer those questions, uh, unfortunately, things aren't going to change because we have to be self-motivated in this because it's going to be a long, a long game. Like, as I said, like, unfortunately, this is not going to be the last death in custody for Indigenous people. This isn't going to be the, the last uh, act of police brutality between between African-American, uh, two African-American people. So for me, with social media, I've never really liked it that much. I don't really care about, like, posting my face on things. Like, to me, that's just uh, not really my vibe. But with what's been going on, like, that's really authentic for me to just be able to talk about what's true to me and, yeah. and use my voice. So I guess it's just a very long winded answer in saying I engage when I have the energy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's, I think that's key right there is like recognizing when you've got the energy to take that, take that teachable moment to someone else's um, front door, especially when they've got no problem with bringing vitriol and hostility <laughs> to yours. You know, <laughs> I really commend you on that. And I've, I'm even going to take note on that as well of just that question of why, you know, it's, it's so simple, but like, it's hard, you know, to kind of sift through the nastiness of people sometimes to kind of get to the, the crux of it all, mm. the root of it all. And I guess as well with this current moment that we're in right now, um, there's so many conversations that are being had amongst our own communities and like in the conversations I've been having, like the feelings have been very mixed. Like it's, you know, exhausted, anxious, hopeful, inspired. How are you feeling in this moment? So many things all at once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like it's, I think it for me, it's always trying to come back to my foundation of love. Like mm. the reason why I'm so motivated for change is love. Like I, I love my culture. I love my people. I love this country because it's our ancestral land. Yeah. So if people meet me with hate, like that's not me. Like that hatred isn't me. And I don't want to carry that hatred. Like I, I would rather carry love. Mm. So don't get me wrong. Like it brings up so much trauma. Like I've not been sleeping very well. Mm. Uh, there's so much emotional labor There, there is a lot of things going on, but I, I think for myself reflecting on, on what this all means for me, it's love. Like, that's why I care. Yeah. Cause I, I love, I love, like that's, do you know what I mean? Mm. I think deep, deeply rooted in us is compassion. We're a yeah. social species. Humanity doesn't survive without each other. So why would we not want to draw on 50,000 years of indigenous knowledge when I'm sorry to tell you, but sustainability, both environmentally and emotionally in how we treat each other, how we treat the planet is the most pressing issue, period. Because if you look at the last six months, we've had global pandemic, we've had race relation, uh, we've had fires in a, like this shit is pressing. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it's like, I like as an indigenous person, like I'm a custodian, like I'm a gatekeeper of, 
of my country. Like, and I'm a gatekeeper of the space that I'm in. So this is why I'm here. Like, this is my job. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and I try and come at it from a place for love because I think for me, that's what's sustainable. Yeah. Oh, I, it's so funny. We have so many deadly guests that come on here and it always kind of always comes back to that final point of love. And to wrap up this yarn, we ask this of all our guests because, you know, we're called Race Matters. Um, so, Ziggy Ramo, when did you realise that there was power in your race? Oh, for, uh, for 50,000 years, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> of, like, and that's the thing. Like, that's what's so important to me is... Like, it's not acknowledgement, it's celebration. Mm -hmm. Like, you're on black land. This is a black country with black history, black tradition, black culture. And so that's the thing that I think we so often miss is, like, we are... Like, we have access to the... We're not young and free. Like, we're ancient. Like, we're sacred. Mm. And we have access to that on this country. If you are Australian, that is our history. So for me, like... It's always mattered. Like, it will always matter because it's who we are. So, like, we have to be connected to that, you know? Oh, thank you so much for sharing this space and this dialogue with us, Ziggy. You got me all G'd up and ready for the week now. I feel like re-energised after all of that. Thank you so much. That's been Race Matters for this week. You can also link up to Ziggy's album, Black Thoughts, on Spotify as well. Go and check it out. Race Matters. 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 Race Matters.